It's Thursday, June 11, 2020. You can't get around solutions, real solutions, without talking about justice and equity. Major environmental organizations embrace racial justice after the killing of George Floyd. Communities of color disproportionately at risk from climate change impacts. Britain has gone coal-free for two straight months. Plus, a neighborhood in Palm Beach Gardens is overrun with thousands of poisonous toads. Step aside, murder hornets. Get ready for the poisonous giant toxic toad invasion. (laughs) All of those stories and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. Put your toes down, folks. Thousands of toxic toads are taking over one South Florida community. Oh, my God. Global pandemic, plagues of locusts, murder hornets, and now giant toxic toads? What's happening? This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, from my Passover services, I do recall that toads were one of the ten plagues. Along with plagues of locusts and everything else. Oh, I know. And I bet you didn't have poisonous toxic toad invasion on your apocalypse bingo card. No, I guess I didn't. In South Florida, ecologists are warning that an unusually warm and rainy spring has created perfect conditions for a population boom of poisonous giant cane toads, also known as bufo toads. They're an invasive... What kind of toads? Bufo toads. Okay. They're an invasive species introduced in Florida in the 1930s with skin that contains enough poison to kill large dogs. Cane toads damage entire ecosystems, crowding out native species, and have become a serious problem in Australia. So the more warm and wet weather we have, the more bufo giant toxic toads we're going to have. Right. So, yeah, I guess it is another climate change story. In other news, as demonstrations in the U.S. and around the world continue against systemic racism in reaction to the police killing of George Floyd, major environmental organizations are examining the lack of diversity in their own overwhelmingly white staff and membership. The Sierra Club, Natural Resources Defense Council, and other big green groups over just the last few weeks have committed to racial justice as inextricably linked to environmental justice and climate action. Good. The Sierra Club this week week published an article titled Racism is Killing the Planet, saying, quote, the ideology of white supremacy leads the way toward disposable people and a disposable natural world. And, quote, you can't have climate change without sacrifice zones, and you can't have sacrifice zones without disposable people, and you can't have disposable people without racism. You have been reporting for years that it is minority communities in the U.S. and, of course, around the world who are most affected by pollution by climate change, at least they are the first and worst affected. Exactly. And environmental racial disparities are borne out by data that shows minority communities disproportionately bear the brunt of industrial air pollution. According to the Trump EPA's own data, Americans of color are subjected to far higher levels of air pollution than white Americans, regardless of their wealth. Oh, well, I'm sure that Trump's EPA will take action on that right away. Also, a new analysis of federal data confirms that communities of color and low-income neighborhoods are also disproportionately exposed to the impacts of man-made global warming. The Centers for Disease Control keeps a list of the top 10 U.S. counties most vulnerable to extreme weather disasters, and the new analysis shows that the population of the most vulnerable counties is, on average, 81 percent minority. 
The top 10 counties most vulnerable to extreme heat are 61% minority. Which county is the top? For natural disasters, Texas takes the top three counties. Of course. And for extreme heat, counties in Alabama, Texas, Arkansas, and Georgia take the top four. Dr. Robert Bullard, known as the father of the environmental justice movement, in a recent PBS NewsHour interview said that successfully solving climate change and environmental justice requires addressing racial justice. You can't get around solutions, real solutions, without talking about justice and equity. Which communities uh, are vulnerable? Which communities have contributed least to the crisis, but are feeling the pain right now, first, worst, and longest? How can we make sure that our plans do not further marginalize already vulnerable population by creating plans that somehow uh, exacerbate that vulnerability and create more problems for that, that, quote, invisible group, the group that may not necessarily be in the room when they're deciding uh, what to build and, and what to spend, monies. Uh, that's the justice part. Finally, the BBC reports that the nation of Britain has now gone a full two months without burning coal for electricity for the first time since the 1880s. In 2020, renewables have generated more power in Britain than all fossil fuel sources combined. The UK now has the biggest offshore wind industry in the world, part of the dramatic transformation of its energy system over just 10 years. It's another example of what can be achieved when, you know, we try. Yeah, but... Charles Dickens would have had nothing at all to write about. True. For much more on all of these stories and the many we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us, follow us, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Yeah!